Hey there, what's up? Welcome to episode eight of Before the Drop, the show that brings you advice for pursuing a career in music and for those who are waiting for the chorus to drop in their own careers and lives. My name is Azodi, and in this week's episode, we are going to be talking about managing client expectations and this is relevant to any producers who are working with artists or artists working with producers or generally anyone working in music and having to serve clients. Before we dive into this please could you rate and share this episode with anyone you feel needs to hear it. Thanks for listening and let's dive in. Today's been a good day, not gonna lie. It started off with some uh, good news. I managed to get a second major release over in Asia for a brand new anime series. You know, I wrote the title theme with a good friend and collaborator and just, yeah, just really excited about it. That was written two and a half years ago. I'm kind of buzzing from that. So I've been serving clients as a musician um, for probably around the last 10 years or so and that has varied from music production, a music composer for film score, video gaming and whatnot and everything leading up until this point now working directly with artists as well as publishers and A&Rs and I'll just share some of my favorite tips and pieces of advice that I had picked up along the last decade and hopefully you guys can uh, not make the same mistakes that I did, especially if you're newer to the game and trying to pick up more work as a musician. First point, and I would say that this is probably one of the most important points, is be transparent. Be transparent right off the bat with your clients, okay? The most important point of managing client expectations It just comes at the very start, you know. Let's say if you're a producer and someone like an artist comes to you and wants the most epic, professional sounding song for next to nothing budget, you need to be very transparent with them and explain why they can't afford your service and offer them other alternatives. You know, like the artist will appreciate your honesty. Now, as the producer... It's just as important to check out the artist's previous work and style before agreeing anything too. Decide if their vocal is good enough and you would want to work with them. Like, in my opinion, one of the worst things you can do is just take their money because you need to get paid but don't really believe in them. And simply the reason is you're just not giving that artist the best quality service. You're actually doing them a disservice because you're only partially invested in their dream and project whereas if you're really gunning for them you're really excited about how good they are and what you guys can do together and you guys have much more of a bigger vision as opposed to just focusing on a paycheck you will be a lot more enthusiastic about the project and end up delivering a much higher quality piece of work for them That's also not to say never work with them because they simply could just not be ready to work with you yet and maybe a few months or years down the line they could be ready. Alright so the next point I want to talk about is establishing a time frame. Now if I decide to work with a client and it is a good fit let's say with the artist I will get them on a call. I'll call it a creative call so we'll kind of generally talk about 
the creative direction the artist wants to go in their plans their ideas and it's a lot it's more about me diving in deeper and understanding them more as an artist and it takes about an hour maybe 40 minutes or so to get a lot of detail from the artist now this is the key point where you want to off the bat set clearly defined goals and dates this is another way of managing expectations. This is also another way of building trust with the artist. So it's good to define some deadlines and goals off the bat. But also you have to allow a bit of time for a uh, fudge factor because stuff goes wrong and you need to compensate with that and you need to play a little bit more conservative when it comes to time because time is precious and it's costing people money. So you have to respect that, especially with clients we will give it about two or three months to have the song done and dusted with all the feedback ready to have sent to the mix engineer. Another thing you need to be careful of is this can veer into some more of the mental health territory. And what I mean by that is if you've got a multiple group of clients uh, and they're asking for loads of different things and you're constantly saying yes to them, it's going to become very overwhelming very quickly. So I would urge people to learn, and it is a skill in my opinion, because I found it quite hard to do this, but the art of saying no and being able to decide which parts of the job is deep work versus, inverted commas, busy work. Deep work is when you have extreme focus and you're doing the most important emotionally draining work. So generally that's writing the song, being creative, creating content. And then you have the busy work, which is random phone calls or emails. I always look at it as stuff I could do with like two hours worth of sleep versus the deep work, which is much harder to do on two hours sleep. And that's how I kind of gauge it. It is a skill to start saying no to clients, especially if they start asking for more stuff that's additional. Not only are you stressing yourself out, you're not enabling yourself to have enough time to deliver the important thing, but you also lose trust with your client because if you're going to say yes to a client for something and then don't give it to them, it looks way worse and especially it can stack up very quickly. So always be very careful of that as well. If you're going to say yes to this thing, is it going to burn you later? Okay, so something that I feel is very important with the client is to stay in touch and focus on communication with that client. I found a lot of my clients and artists uh, have been ghosted quite a bit, which I really try to avoid as I feel that ghosting is just avoiding uh, a difficult conversation a lot of the time. I like to have a, a fortnightly or two week check-in call with them just for like 20 minutes, half an hour to see how's, how everything's going. What it does is it helps to build trust and just to be a reliable person that they can count on. I know a lot of people don't really like getting on camera too much, so I would urge to at least have your human voice in messaging. If you prefer to do that, that would be good. Generally, messaging via email and stuff is, is fine, but I prefer to have a bit more of a human touch. I also feel like it builds more trust. Now, obviously, with this... You don't want to be available all the time because you need to set boundaries. Uh, for example, I like to tell my clients I'm not really available on the weekends because I need to recharge like every other human being, right? That's why I always feel it's important to stay in touch and always communicate with your client on a regular basis. Okay, so the next point, put everything in writing. Before you go ahead on any project, 
uh, put together a comprehensive proposal listing all the things the project will and won't involve. This is huge. I do this via a big email and also if the client asks for it, we have some contracts as well that we can put in place to just secure everything, build trust with the client. Now some people, yeah, find contracts quite intimidating, but generally if they don't want to do that, keep it in the email and the email provides a paper trail of evidence in case it ever gets to a real nasty sort of situation which I hope doesn't happen to anyone and the thing is right people are sneaky like people are sneaky a good example of this happened to us years ago when I was in my old band and we were recording a new song with a great studio and the studio had their own lawyer and we had our own lawyer and I just remember our lawyer talking to us saying how it was insane how many times that this other lawyer was just trying to trick us into a very one-sided deal over this one song. And he was saying that he would have the conversation on the phone with the studio's lawyer and it'd be all agreed upon, everyone would be happy, it'd be great. And then when they'd emailed over the contract, the contract had always changed from what they initially agreed on in the phone conversation and our lawyer did this I think it was three or four times they would agree one thing on a call and it would have a completely different agreement this is what I mean people are sneaky and they try and get away with things so it's always good to have it on a documented form like an email as you've always got the paper trail and people will try to take advantage of this and this final point that just happens to all of us is try to avoid bad clients. If you have a real nightmare client, and we've all had them, most likely the project's just not going to work. And it's vital to spot the warning signs and dodge them from the word go. A good example would be, as mentioned earlier, I want the most epic, amazing sounding song, but I want it as cheap as possible, uh, and I wanted it yesterday. Tim Ferriss made a really good point about this. The clients who tend to spend less will actually cost you more in the long run. Reason being is they will take up more of your time. The fact that the money generally is worth a lot more to them. So they try to get more and more from the agreed amount. Whereas if you have a client who just agrees on your price has the money, they don't really think about it too much as it's less of a hit or a dent to their bank. Generally, people who pay more just have the money to do so and they worry less. And this is a weird thing I've noticed just with human psychology and clients is people just want to spend more money. People want to feel like they're getting better quality for spending more. And as a result of that, they tend to find less wrong with the product because it's more money. Even if you look at my Gumroad store page, it's hilarious. Like the free stuff that people don't have to pay for will get a lower rating. It's crazy. It's just like because it's free, it's generally going to be considered bad quality. But there is a lot of times where you could spend a lot of money and the quality is still really bad, you know. Yeah, it's a weird thing that we do. Another kind of uh, red flag for me is when a client doesn't know what they want and you have to decide what their sound should be. That is a recipe for quite a lot of of backwards and forwards and it, it involves you doing a lot of extra work for the same money and 
it ends up dragging for quite a while. You end up getting more frustrated and if you spend too much time on the project, the money that you agreed and got paid for becomes less and less worthy because you're putting more hours into the initial plan. Another thing to watch out for generally with clients, and this is just people in general going much more on a philosophical standpoint here, a good way to kind of judge character and to judge uh, if a client is good is to look at their past. Now, generally, you'll find that like some clients have a history of just consistently falling out with people or getting ghosted consistently. Once or twice is understandable and it happens. But if it starts getting to four, five, six times, you kind of want to be a little bit careful of that and have a red flag. If that person keeps falling out with different people and there's a pattern of this behavior, that is a red flag. So this always takes me back to a story I had in my old job where we had a new transfer from another store and I was just being friendly like a first or second day there I remember and I just asked her oh so what was the reason you know for transferring like why did you move store and she goes I didn't get on with anyone in that store now off the bat you kind of think oh okay yeah like that's understandable but then you think about it a bit more and it's like well there's 20 people in that store how have you fallen out with 20 people in a store And the way that people tell those stories is always funny is that they're the victim of the situation. They're probably going to put a spin on it to make them look good, right? And like, lo and behold, after a few months of quite bizarre behavior, falling out with random members of staff and upsetting a couple of customers, it led to her having a very awkward conversation with our manager and eventually her being, you know, let go. If they have a pattern of falling out with people in the past, that is a red flag and that goes with people as well as clients. So there are a few tips on how to manage client expectations and I hope that you can take some of it and apply it to your own lives. Some of it's going to work, some of it's not going to work. Just a reminder, please rate and share this episode with anyone you feel needs to hear it and I will catch you at the same time next week. Thank you.